global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. Turmoil on Wall Street. Final hour of trading on this Wednesday. The Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ at or near their lows of the session. The turmoil engulfing President Trump's administration uh, uh, spilling into financial markets as stocks fall the most since March. Measures of volatility spike higher. Treasuries rally with gold. Gold up $21 the ounce to $12.57, up 1.7%. The 10-year, the yield there, 2.21%. S&P down 37 to 23.63. That is a drop of 1.5%. Dow Industrials now down 323 points, a decline of 1.5%. The NASDAQ Composite Index is lower by 136 points, down 2.2%. Well, how is all of this playing out in Europe and investment center, uh, investor sentiment there? Kit Jukes is global fixed income strategist for Societe Generale. The risk really sort of kicked in in Europe the minute that um, Donald Trump was elected as, as president, and, and we've been focusing on that until the French election, and, and now I, I guess we've swung back the other way. I don't you know. I, I... I don't know whether it's full-on risk or, 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 or just the, the general uncertainty and the, just the, you know, the amount of the news flow. So we're getting bombarded by, by news and by speculation and, and trying to make sense of it. But it's definitely, um, it's definitely a, you know, a relative shift in, in where the risks appear. And certainly a great day to stay with Bloomberg Radio as we help you make sense of everything that's happening in terms of financial markets. We're brought to you by Brown University School of Professional Studies, engaging mid-career professionals with executives. Executive master's degrees in business, cybersecurity, healthcare, and technology. Brown.edu slash executive. Target's turnaround plan gaining some much-needed momentum as its latest sales beat estimates, bucking the trend of gloomy results from bellwether U.S. retailers. Target on a down day for the rest of the market, down 1.3%. S&P down 38 points, a drop there of 1.6%. I'm Charlie Pellett. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie Pellett. We are counting down to the closing bells. Brought to you by Upside. The smart new way to buy travel is Upside.com. Save money and get a free gift card every trip. Use code BUSINESS and you're guaranteed at least a $100 gift card for your first time using Upside.com. Minimum purchase required. See site for complete details. All right. Take it easy. Take it easy. Don't let the sound of your Hard to take it easy <laughs> when it... To be dramatic here, but we haven't seen a sell-off like this in, in a little bit of a while. Let's bring in our Bloomberg Stocks columnist, Dave Wilson, with his chart of the day. So take it easy. What? Relax. Do what? Exactly. And and really, it's sort of looking back in a sense because we know that the VIX has jumped quite a bit today in the wake of uh, everything we're seeing in stocks. But then you go back and look at the last several weeks, and we've seen historically low readings on that indicator and a real lack of direction in stocks overall. And it's something that Rod Smith picked up on. He's the chief investment strategist of Riverfront Investment Group. And basically he's looking at the idea that, you know, this might be the calm before the storm, you know, bear market ahead, you know, the worst fears. I could win the lottery tomorrow. There's a lot of things that could happen. There are a lot of things that could happen, but he doesn't figure that a bear market's going to happen. Uh, at least that what we're seeing is not a reliable signal in his view. And what he did was rather than looking at the VIX itself, 
He looked at sort of the daily trading ranges of the S&P 500 from high to low and then averaged them out over a period of time. He used one year. The chart came close to reproducing that, at least the one I put together, at 200 days. Kind of gives you the same look. You know, you go back to the mid-80s, you go back to the early to mid-90s, uh, the mid-2000s, and uh, you know, just a few years back, you saw similar sorts of uh, periods in which volatility was relatively low if you look at these averaged-out daily trading ranges. And it's not like you know, stocks fell out of bed as soon as you saw uh, the uh, readings get uh, low by historical standards. So that's basically his take, uh, the whole idea that these low levels of volatility can last for a long time. And let's face it, you know, even today you, you talk about the VIX and, you know, it's up at 14, which by historical standards is not Still all that low. high. So it's not yeah. like... You know, that this has kind of completely reversed itself. Anyway, if you want to know more, folks, send me an email. I'll get you the chart, the explanation that goes with it, and everything I do going forward. The email address is dwilson at bloomberg.net. That's dwilson at bloomberg.net. Hey, speaking of more, I love this story by Brian Chapata of Bloomberg News, and he says, uh, the bond market interpreting what could be the deepest crisis of Donald Trump's presidency as throwing the Federal Reserve off its path for interest rate increases this year, and now showing that the odds of the central bank raises its benchmark rate next month are about 60% based on the current effective Fed funds rate and the forward overnight index swap rate, and that's down from 80% a week ago. Let me bring in Carl Rickadon, our chief U.S. economist with Bloomberg Intelligence. Anything change in your Fed forecasts? Uh, not uh, not just yet, but uh, this does add uh, question marks around uh, all of these uh, significant uh, fiscal policy issues, which could really change the outlook. So, uh, you know, what happens if we're repricing the growth trajectory or reevaluating the growth trajectory to uh, take out uh, comprehensive tax reform or uh, significant tax cut uh, or even uh, fiscal stimulus and deregulation? And when you do that, then uh, you're looking at a much softer profile, which means that you know, forward-looking indicators, whether it's economic indicators or the equity market, uh, have to uh, readjust. And I think that's what we're getting a whiff of uh, today. And, uh, you know, I'll say the next major data point uh, to watch for is going to be the Philly Fed survey mm-hmm. uh, tomorrow morning. We saw a big pullback in the New York Empire earlier this week. These are, you know, you think, oh, regional manufacturing survey, is that something we should uh, focus a lot on? But there's some of the earliest data points for uh, every month. And so this is really telling you the trajectory heading into uh, 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 you know, the, some of the earliest uh, data points for May. I wonder if it also means more excitement and more, you know, volatility. We, we use the VIX for volatility, but let me give you one example. Yesterday's uh, biggest gainer in the S&P 500 was shares of AMD, which were up uh, about 12%. Today's biggest loser in the S&P 500 is AMD, which is down 12%. <laughs> and, 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 and I wonder if we're going to see now that specifically around news around their um, – their analyst day from, from yesterday. But nonetheless, I wonder, Carl, if you think that this kind of leads to just more vol. Uh, I, I think that that's a, a pretty reasonable expectation. If we're if we're taking a, a very significant fiscal package on and off the table based on the day's uh, political events, then uh, definitely that's going to be more volatility for you know certain sectors that would benefit from again those key themes of deregulation, repatriated earnings, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm looking at the ten-year Treasury up almost a full point today. You know? And, yeah. and that right alone is telling you less growth and less inflation. Right. 
I know. We had the dollar. I'm just looking at some of my notes here. Lowest since November. 30-year yield falls most since August of 30th. And I know that 10-year yield is down substantially. You know, Carl, we talk so much about sentiment. We've talked about those sentiment indicators being pretty upbeat, you know, following the election of uh, Donald Trump on expectations of tax reform and rolling back regulations, infrastructure spending, and so on. Um, But we've been waiting for more of that hard data. If those sentiment indicators start to get soft... Then what? Well, then you're talking about the removal of the animal spirits, which were one of the key reasons why we should expect 2017 or 2018 to look different uh, from the sluggish 2%-ish growth rate which has prevailed for the first eight years of this economic cycle. So if you're if you're taking a fiscal tailwind out of the picture, yeah. uh, you're potentially shortening the economic cycle uh, as well. Can I ask you, recession do you even think about that at this point? I don't think we think about that. Uh, if there was, so uh, you know, we have to think about the, uh, you know, the the vulnerability of the U.S. economy, and so what would really uh, raise growth risks or uh, inflation uh, or uh, recession risks, rather, uh, would be some type of crisis of private sector confidence that would mm-hmm. lead to such a retrenchment uh, that there is a pullback in hiring, and therefore household income growth, and therefore consumer spending. Right. So we're a long ways from that. And even if the U.S. is isn't doing great. I mean, you have the rest of the world for a whole lot of companies to fall back on. You see these strategist reports look at the prospect of synchronized global growth this year. Even if the sync doesn't quite line up, it may well be a situation where international markets help out the U.S. So I don't think it's recession risk, but yes, it does create risks for the, the growth outlook. Wow. Hmm. Stuff to think about. Everybody. Dave Wilson, thank you so much. Our stock editor here at Bloomberg News. Carl Rickadon, our chief U.S. economist at Bloomberg Intelligence, with an update on the markets and economic thinking at this point. Carol Master, Corey Johnson on Bloomberg. Let's get to Nathan Hager. He's got world and national news headlines from our 991 studios in what's known as Drama City for good reason. Well, I'm hoping I can keep up with all these headlines. Thanks, Corey. I'll give it a shot here. Congressional investigations are ramping up. Calls for an independent commission growing louder in light of that memo confirmed by Bloomberg News, in which former FBI Director James Comey claims President Trump asked him to stop the Michael Flynn investigation. At least two committees, House Oversight and Senate Intelligence, are inviting Comey to testify. The Senate Judiciary Committee wants Comey to turn over his memos and the White House to release any tapes if they exist. And at least one Republican, Mike Simpson of Idaho, is joining Democrats now in calling for an independent commission. As for President Trump, he's holding himself up as a model of perseverance. Bloomberg's Irv Chapman with more on the president's address to the U.S. Coast Guard Academy. The president told the graduate that sometimes in life they will be treated unfairly. But you have to put your head down and fight, fight, fight. Never, ever, ever give up. Things will work out just fine. Look at the way I've been treated lately, especially by the media. The president said the people understand what he's doing, including the largest tax cut in history, preparations for a border wall that's going along very, very well, and great health care for our citizens. Irv Chapman, Bloomberg Radio, Washington. The White House says the president will meet today with the finalists for Comey's old job. Press Secretary Sean Spicer says they include... Former Democratic vice presidential nominee Joe Lieberman. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,600 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. This is Bloomberg.